Thank you for calling the New York City Board of Elections. Please hold while I transfer your call. There are currently 12 calls ahead of you. The New York City Board of Election. 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 Calls ahead of you. Live from the Victor Room, Brooklyn, New York. This is House of Knuckles. Hello and welcome to another edition of House of Knuckles. I am your hostess with the Moses Nako here with part two of our voter suppression in New York episode yes unfortunately there is a part two this should have just been a one and done situation or backtrack we should have never even have to do shows multiple shows about voter suppression but here we are this is the reality however although it is grim that our government and the powers that be want to strip our power down there are some silver linings some light at the end of the tunnel and some real positives that we can take from this horrific experience of corruption and actually do things to empower ourselves. So we'll outline uh, everything that's gone on since the last episode for you all. So you definitely want to go grab your snacks and come back for this tale. Stay tuned. Okay, so let's get into it. I had a very interesting 25, 26 minute call yesterday with a representative from the Board of Elections, or let's just call them customer service. I'm not sure exactly what their title is, but it's something along those lines. I don't believe I was calling someone sitting in an office, I believe, especially because of COVID, maybe before they were in the office, but now they're working from home. And this is someone who has access to a database, who's able to look up your address information and stuff like that, but isn't able to really make any type of executive decisions. At least that's what I learned yesterday. However, on the state websites, they really make it seem that if you call this 1-800-NYC-GOV number, that you can get issues resolved. If you have any problems or anything, that's what they said, or concerns, call this number. So that's what I did as a tax-paying resident, legal resident of the country. I mean, just of this country, but also of the city. And I have followed all of the rules and protocols. This is not like I am trying to get special treatment. I missed the deadline and I'm trying to beg them to change their minds. This is someone who has followed all of the rules that the state has and the city have lined out for being able to vote. And of course, they make you jump through all these hoops and register this and do this. But I've done all of that. So then what's the problem, right? So even before I got to talk to someone, I had called the night before, even though I knew I wouldn't get through. I just wanted to hear what their whole automated system sounded like. 
and they were giving you options they're like oh the office is closed but we work from nine to five and you can talk to us about anything press one if you want to talk to us about this press two for this press three for that they had options and one of the options was Oh, if you have experienced an error in your registration information, press 5 and someone will be with you. So I was like, oh, okay. So you have certain people that you can talk to if there's been an error. Well, I have experienced an error. So that is the number I'm going to pick tomorrow when I call them within their business hours. Fast forward to tomorrow and I'm calling. And then they're like, oh, great, you called the New York Board of Elections. Stand in line. It's going to be a long time since we get to talk to you. So you might want to hang up, hang up, don't stay online. That's basically what they were saying as I had to wait for 12 calls. Now, you know, in most times, people don't have 20 minutes to sit on the phone because literally the whole call was about tw- under 30 minutes I'd say 26 minutes 20 of those minutes was waiting to get in line in the queue and it was about a six seven minute conversation but hey these are quarantine times these are quarantine, these are quarantine times. times and I have the ability to put a call on speaker and be able to do other things as I'm waiting for my place in line so I literally had to do a countdown from 12 callers to one and it was like this countdown they'd be like play their ridiculous elevator what do they call it Muzak or Muse Whack (laughs) whatever it is it is the same sad kind of Guantanamo Waco type of style where they're not trying to entertain you or keep you they could have a lot of facts going on they could be like well did you know that in new york it was the first place in middle-? they could do something like that but they choose to put on this like really sad sounding oboe music <laughs> i felt like it was like peter and the wolf sort of like just over on the same bar over and over again so you're like oh my god if that doesn't drive you nuts which they're trying to do they want you to not stand in this queue to ask whatever question you want to ask they want you to hang up and say oh i'll do it later blah 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 but i was not having any of that i was like i'm staying on this line i'm gonna talk to someone so finally the countdown from 12 to 10 to 6 Then finally, they really counted it down to zero, y'all. They were like, there are no more callers left in the queue. I was like, okay, now's my moment. And you know I recorded it too. So I'm like, click, click. And then it starts ringing. Someone's like, hello, New York City Board of Elections. This is Sandra Cortez. Ortiz speaking, how am I help you? Okay, it wasn't that dramatic, but pretty much that's how it went. And so I had a very, like, brain, what is it? How do you describe it when, it's not a full headache, but <laughs> it's like the beginnings of one when you're just talking to someone that's scatterbrained. You know, we all have people like that in our lives where they, you know, talk about 
20 different things at once and you have to you know sit there and really just kind of piece together what they're talking about that's how it was talking to this woman and I have a feeling that that's done on purpose I just have a hunch that they are trained to not be the most straightforward with you that's just my hunch okay I could be wrong this could just be an individual that has a hard time communicating effectively it's not everybody's strong suit I understand however I feel like you should I mean this should be a job where communication is clear and effective but that's just me y'all that's just me so anyway Homegirl was all over the place in terms of it took us a few minutes for her to even get my name down because I have hyphens in my name and that just it seems I I mean not to go dwell on that too much but that hyphenated names in, when you're dealing with especially systems computer systems especially government stuff is never easy it seems like it's too archaic to accept like what hyphenated name what two last names together I don't see it's that difficult but whatever so she's like oh she had to get over that for a while then I'm like trying to ask questions like okay what's up with this because when I went to go and check I basically told her the whole story there is an error because I have always been democrat never changed it never applied to change it what's what's the deal basically then she proceeded to tell me in a very scatterbrained way that i that oh they this is literally what she said and i can put in her exact words you're gonna hear it she said that oh they must have changed you they must have changed you she kept saying that over and over i was like what what do you mean they must have changed I was like what does that even mean she wasn't even explaining who they were whatever it took me being like what are you talking about for her to be like oh the DMV then the DMV is being brought into this whole scenario I was like what in the world does the DMV have to do with my voter registration and why there's an error they changed it well the DMV changed it I was like what did they change so according to her and this is what the story that she gave me was that when I renewed my identification through the DMV website in 2018, that I must have left blank the part where you write in your political information. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I went to go and renew an ID. Like, there was nothing about political information so I was like what are, you, what are you talking about and she's like oh well the DMV what they sent over to us was that this was your information but you left it blank and according to those rules that if somebody leaves it blank or what she said was that oh there's also if Democrats are in control that year then the Democrat name is on the top and if Republicans are in control then the Republican name is on the top and then it, they're going to ask you to check which one you are and some people check too and some people don't know what to check and you must have like didn't you either checked two boxes or you didn't check anything I was like ma'am there is first of all I don't even know what you're talking about I went to go renew my ID I don't remember if 
and this was after we got off the phone that I'm thinking, okay, she's talking about there, there are two separate things now through the DMV, which I think is very slick, y'all very slick in this world of establishment corruption that you're using other government agencies to do this dirty work. Mm -hmm. So using the DMV to also register to vote or to re doing any, so you had that option once you have gotten your license, your ID, whatever. And then they say, uh, or then they say, but then there is a part for you to make sure that your registration is straight or actually register. And that's what I did. So it wasn't a part of the re-registering my ID where the voter information came and that's what she was trying to say it actually was a separate transaction so in that separate transaction there's that whole separate transaction was specifically about voting so to me it's highly unlikely to leave something blank on a form that was just specifically about you voting and for me, maybe that could be the story for a lot of other people, but not this woman right here. I take voting very seriously, and you're about to know how serious it gets in a minute. <laughs> Finish telling you this story. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. And we're back. So this painful story does go on for a few more minutes, but I'm going to condense it because it's just too painful to relive. No, okay, it's not like that, but still. Anywho's. So this woman is telling me all types of nonsense, which is confusing me, which, like I said, I believe that is their whole mission. And then at the end of this confusion, I'm like, okay, I... I'm accepting what you're telling me. I understand that you are just here to disseminate certain information. So I'm not relate. This is not to you, but this is straight up voter suppression. I told her that point blank because what you're telling me that I left something blank or whatever, that's absolutely not true. I know. And I told her that I know that I have my voter card that was sent to me. And it says that I am a Democrat on it. What should I do if I have this voter card? And she didn't have an answer for that. She didn't have anything because at the end of our conversation, she was telling me that even though I had heard in the prompts that there was some number that you could click to talk to somebody specifically if there had been an error, which leaves the caller to assume that you have the capability to deal with errors. Then she reveals to me that basically I'm just here to look up certain information and I can't do anything about it. You're going to have to talk to the Brooklyn Board of Elections. So I was like, what? So all throughout your websites, you are proclaiming that this 1-800-NYC-GOV number is some heaven that you can call to get all these resources and to get all this help. And you're trying to tell me that after all of this waiting on the phone for all this time that you couldn't do anything about it anyway? And she's like, yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. 
Again, to me, this seems very planned, very, I mean, not specifically to me, obviously, but it is a very calculated thing to make this process so complicated and so hard to understand that most people, especially in a pandemic type of situation, would just say, forget it. I'll just vote in the general. But for, oh, and another thing that was infuriating before I move on to what my next steps are is that she was trying to tell me that because I, my voting record showed that I only voted in general elections that there was something due I mean and she wasn't even like this woman was not a very good communicator at all and like I said I believe this is not on her personally I believe she's being trained to be that way hopefully and girl if that's the way you communicate in real life you're gonna have to tighten that up my goodness but anyway But if not, you're doing a great job at being very confusing and leaving the person feeling discombobulated because that's exactly how I was feeling. I wasn't going to let that tactic or her lack of effective communication try to stop me from getting something from her. So I just kept pressing her a little bit for more information. I was like, what does it matter how many times I voted in general or in local elections. And I was like, first of all, that's fault. Your records aren't up to date then because I know I voted for governors several times in this, uh, in this state for a while, for many years. I mean, this is a side note that I was like many people who moved to New York or move anywhere. I was registered with my previous state and before a certain time was voting absentee with that state until I just got my stuff together to register in New York. But that was years ago. So that, I mean, but, and that's all just a side note that I just felt like sharing with my audience. That has nothing to do with the fact that fast forward 2020, or let's just say from 2018, they're claiming that it was left blank. And then it's up to, because it's left blank, then that gives them the right to switch you to no party. And I'm keeping it real with y'all telling you that that is a crock of you know what, because that is just a real easy loophole to say that, oh, well, this person left it blank, so then they can be no party, so then they can't vote in the primary. But you can change it for the general. That's what she was telling me. Like, it was almost like, you know, like, forget about the primary. The general, you have enough time to change it for. So that, to me, I interpreted that is that this primary is real important. That's what, what, I mean, do I need to be some super sleuth? I don't have to have a PhD to see that it seems like you are going through a lot of lengths to try and not get the vote for the primary, but the general, you're like, oh, okay, whatever, you can change it back to Democrat. I mean, because actually... Because you can be registered or you don't have to be registered with a party to vote in the general election. I'm, you can still be 
I am like 99% sure of what I'm just saying is correct. But yeah, you can still be no party for a general and vote for who you want to be the president of the United States. But it's in the primary elections that you have to be a registered member of that particular party to vote in their primary, which makes sense. So that's why the no party loophole to find some way that they can use a government agency like the DMV, which has easy... And then, you know, they've already streamlined the voting process with the whole driving process. And not just driving, but state ID, and you have to have either one of those to vote. So you've got the whole gamut of registered voters right there in your lap. So you can try to do whatever you want behind closed doors in order to silence those people that you feel like aren't going to vote to uphold the status quo. That's really what this is about. So, but if you have to think to yourself, well, if they are trying to suppress votes from uh, Bernie Sanders, who is no longer in the race, like, why would they be doing that? And like we discussed in the first episode that, or the first episode about the voter suppression, is that if we remember when Bernie announced to us that he was dropping out of the race, he did admonish us at the end. Not even admonish, he was imploring us to vote in the primaries and still vote for him because the leverage he will gain from delegates that he picks up, he'll be able to use that uh, for the plat for the issues that he was running on, and as we stated before, I was a little, I was very skeptical. Not even little. I was very skeptical about how that was even going to play out, because this leverage has to be weighed or has to be doled out by a facet or a. It's not even a facet. The DNC, when you look up their definition, is a it's a company. It's a corporation. Like Tom Perez is the CEO of the DNC. So this company has basically already shown you how unscrupulous they are, their mafioso tactics, what they will do to silence people. So to me, it didn't seem like... And they're the ones that have to give out this leverage and work with... Bernie when they're trying to silence Bernie and they don't even want him to be a part of the whole thing from the beginning even though it was very clear through every poll and all these thousands of people that are supporting this man and his mission they still were like no we need to have our status quo in our way and you're not trying to give us that so here we are (laughs) so I was thinking that the leverage wasn't I'm like, how much leverage are you going to be able to amass, Bernie? But obviously, this whole situation shows me so many things. But one, that there has to be some truth and a lot of weight into what Bernie asked us to do 
because if they're going to go through these real shady tactics to try and put registered Democrats that they have a feeling are going to vote for Bernie because they can easily see that you voted for him in the last primary because of delegates that are up for grabs, that means there is some leverage that they obviously don't want him to have, which is why they chose to cancel that part of the primary in the first place. So this isn't just like, oh, you Bernie people just won't. Like, this is what it is. I'm just, I'm just telling you what's in all of the papers and in all of the news. And we're living it here in real life. I'm explaining to you how that is manifesting in real life. We know that there has been countless, well, not countless, but there has been documented evidence that votes have been suppressed. I mean, all throughout the history of this country, but more specifically when we're talking about Bernie, like Greg Palast did the work to show us that millions of votes were stolen from Bernie in California, even though the state was still won by him. Millions of votes were stolen. And that was they that was done to just lessen the uh, delegate count. So obviously this delegate count is important. It's an important part. And even though the man is not running, they do not want him to gain any sort of momentum or anything at all with delegates, which is why they're trying to... And I'm sure this is not the only tactic that they're doing, switching people from Democrat to Black or BLK, no party affiliation. There's probably tons of other tactics that they're using. They use them in other states. We've covered uh, while the California primary was going on that there were many, many tactics that were... Uh, implemented in order to confuse voters so that there would be low low voter turnout or to just straight up steal votes like how they have done in this situation. So yeah, pretty shady stuff. But you know what? I said in the first episode, like, what could I do? Am I good? Could I, like, sue them and blah, blah, blah? Like, that was just my first gut reactions when I had some time to think about it. I was like, what do you mean? What am I going to do? I mean, I'm just going to do what I feel like every American or every citizen or wherever you live, but particularly in this country, because that's where I live. And that's the experience that I can share with you all is that you have the ability to stand up for your rights when they are being uh, not honored, when the Constitution gives you that right and it's not being honored. Do you have the right as a taxpayer to say, hey, what's up? This is wrong and I need it to be right. And you don't need to be afraid of contacting your local state or federal authorities to do so. So that is what my next uh, plan is. And I can't wait to share with you the outcome because I know I'm already victorious. But stay tuned to just hear what the next steps are for me to get my vote back. Yeah, they tried to steal it, but I'm getting it back, 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 back. Live from Brooklyn, New York. This is House of Napoli. 
they want you to end up being so confused and focused on other things in your life that are pressing, especially at this time, that you're not going to want to press this any further. And they make it so difficult for you to navigate the system to know what steps to take. But because I have had a good experience or had good experience in the past dealing with government agencies and writing letters and trying to correct mistakes like through the the chain of command I've just had that type of experience in my life so I'm coming with that knowledge and skill set so I immediately after allowing everything to sink in so that's not immediate but after I had some time to ponder and think I came up with a game plan so the next steps moving forward are to not just throw my hands up in the air and say I'm not voting in the primary no I am not being stripped of my constitutional rights so The next steps are to prove to the state of New York and to the city of New York that the claim that the Board of Elections representative gave me that I somehow made an error and did not offer my party information is absolutely correct, incorrect, and they need to correct it as soon as possible. Now, it's sad that I would even have to come with some type of evidence because I have a hunch that their response, if you didn't have evidence, was to say, well, this is what our records indicate, which is exactly what Santos Riviera, whatever her name was, was trying to tell me yesterday. And they would just keep saying that, repeating that over and over to you. However, they seemed this time to mess with the wrong one who keeps Records, very sacred. I am meticulous when it comes to records. And I'm even more meticulous when it comes to voting and record and exercising my right to vote. And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that this is not the first time we've talked about voter suppression or we've talked about the importance of exercising your right to vote. So voting means a lot to this person over here. So there's no way I'm just going to like, oh, just throw away my voter registration card or anything like that. I knew it was somewhere in this apartment, even though it's in the midst we're preparing for a move and everything. I knew that if I just took a few minutes and looked through a few folders here and there, that I would find that voter registration card from 2018. Yes, that's how serious I take it. And I found it, y'all. At first, I looked through a couple of old, you know, um, uh, a couple of old uh, piles of information, and it wasn't in there. And after the second bag or batch, I was like, whoa, man, where could I have put this voter card? I know that it's here. I would not have thrown it away. And lo and behold, I found it, and it said 2018 on it. And I was like, yes. But then I was like, wait. I need to prove that this card was sent to me after 
my voter registration was updated when I renewed my ID through the state. So I was like, man, this the actual card didn't have the date and I didn't have the letter. I knew they sent a packet of information and inside was the card. So that piece I did not have. So I was like, man. But after overnight, it's like things were marinating, the creative process and power was flowing. And then it was like, Eureka, go back. And I was like, I (laughs) was hoping that on USPS, they have a wonderful, um, and by the way, for some reason, we the people have to protest about bailing out or helping out USPS, which is a government agency, and you would think our government would be running to support such an agency that helps you get a letter from the East Coast to the West Coast in two days. Uh... It's an amazing service and there's lots of working people that are putting themselves at risk by dealing with mail and coming to deliver packages to people, especially during, they're putting themselves at risk regardless of a pandemic because it's rain, sleet, snow, shine, in crazy situations, these people get us our mail. And we should, if they are part of the federal government, be funding them before we're funding Amazon and Tesla and all of these and airlines and billion dollar industries. Anyway, let me not go on with that. I mean, we can do a whole other show about how great USPS is and how wrong it is that the government isn't funding them. But the point of me bringing them up is uh, informed delivery is a... uh, a product, if you will, that USPS offers for free to for individuals who have registered mail or not registered mail or who get mail. If you have your box, your PO box or whatever, your uh, home residence box registered with the United States Postal Service, you can sign up for informed delivery and basically you can go on their website because every piece of mail has to be scanned in no matter if you get informed delivery or not. They're scanning in. So they thought of a few years ago, well, why don't we just show you what's scanned so that you can see what's coming? So you can see what packages are coming. You can see what individual pieces of mail. Now, I will tell you that not every piece of mail gets scanned, meaning I will go to my mailbox and see like 10 pieces that I didn't see that were scanned on informed delivery. However, I feel like it's worth it. And definitely after this experience, it is super worth it because you get to be ahead of the situation sometimes, especially in these COVID times. I'm not trying to go out to the mailbox. Sometimes I don't even leave this humble and beautiful apartment. I don't have to. Thank God. And I can look at informed delivery and see what's coming. And once in a while, I just go and empty out my mailbox. And when I know that package is coming, I can be prepared. So I had to think and take a pause. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I have informed delivery in 2018? I couldn't remember how long I'd had the service. But thanks to my Gmail 
and a good Gmail search. And I felt like such a sleuth. I had like my fedora on. I was like, yeah, I'm getting my investigative journalism on. And so, yes, I started looking through the mail of 2018, finding that I did have informed delivery. So I was like, yes. So all I had to do was to pull up basically all the mail that came in 2008 after May 9th, which is when I had renewed my ID. Because according to the DMV, they said that your information would be sent to me from the Board of Elections, which I already knew because I had my voter card, obviously. So all of that checked out. I was able to pull up the email because informed delivery, that's the great thing about it. You don't just have to go and check every day on the USPS site. They will send you an email with a snapshot of what is to come in your mail. And it's only a few. Like if you have 20 pieces, they're not going to show you all 20. They'll show you maybe five or something. So it was just such a blessing to be able to go into my Gmail, find the email from the USPS that they sent me for informed delivery. And the first photo that was scanned was the envelope that contained my voter ID card, which was on May 11th, which is uh, May 9th, 10th, I'm <laughs> like the math, from the 9th to the 11th, okay? So it didn't take long for the DMV to send my information to the Board of Elections and for them to get me that information. So I got all that information in my hot little hand just a few days later. And that card clearly indicates that I have chosen that I am with the Democratic Party. And I did not Leave it blank, blank, blank. Lord and Lord, Lord and Lord, Lord and Lord, Lord and Lord. That was a packed punch. It was so exhilarating to find it, and it was like almost I felt a little Charlie I felt a little Charlie in the chocolate factory when I got the golden ticket yes I felt like I did because it's like I have found the 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 crux I found the jewel basically these people cannot try to tell me that it was blank and they cannot try to tell me that I wrote in non-party or that I did anything or I made a mistake or they changed you. All that she was telling me was the biggest crock. I now have the proof from the United States Postal Service. And here is the envelope that you sent me and here's the date. What say you now? And so basically the what say you now is going to come when I send my letter of complaint to the Board of Elections and then to CC it to... Actually, I'm not CCing it to. I'm CCing it to the Board of Elections. I'm sending this complaint directly to their director of... um, She's called the Director of Enforcement and her name is Risa Sugarman. 
And basically the enforcement wing of the Board of Elections is enforcing, is enforcing their rules, is making sure their rules are being followed, and I'm sure a whole litany of things under that. And she is the top dog. So I'm sending the top dog, Chief Enforcement Counsel, in Albany on Pearl Street. Yes, that's right. I am sending you, and if this wasn't COVID times, I would go to the post office directly and do the certified to make sure somebody in your office is going to sign it. However, I am trusting electronic mail in this instance. It's going to get there instantly, and you know, I'm CCing it to the right officials. You don't need to sign it. I know that you're getting it because I don't get, I'm not going to get a uh, return back from uh, the server saying, oh, we can't find this email. Your email is working. It's functioning. It's the, and as I've stated, I am a tax paying legal resident voter registration on point. I deserve answers and not just answers. I deserve my right to vote. So whatever mistake or clerical error or processing error or whatever cockamamie story you're going to come up with, which will probably be a whole myriad of what I just listed or whatever. I don't know. You people keep it entertaining. Like my uh, shout out to Tim Black, who in his last video said he's just going to get his popcorn and just sit there and watch this whole hot mess circus unfold. He was talking more about um, Joe Biden and the whole vice presidential pick and just Joe Biden in a, in a nutshell. But seriously, it, it's that it's that level of entertainment where you don't even know, like they changed you, like what this woman was just trying, they changed you. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, so who knows what, what like I said, excuse they're going to come up with. And to be honest with you all, and I'm always honest, I don't care. It really, like I said, it's an entertainment value. Let me eat my popcorn as you tell me your sad, sad tale. At the end of it, give me the vote, okay? Not even give me, it's not your right, it's not yours to give or to take. That's where we got it twisted in the beginning. This is something that is mine. It is mine. It belongs to everybody who can check all the right boxes and saying that they fit the... Now, because, of course, they make parameters for this right to vote. But if you are in the parameters, you're of the age, you're legally registered, all, all of that jazz, then you have that right. It is not theirs to try and manipulate and try and dilute or just try to straight up steal they do not have that right. So at the end of it, like, uh, and at the end of this very eloquently written letter to Risha Sugarman, I will make it very clear that I expect for, oh, and we will be very polite. There's never not an instance where your girl Nako is not going to be polite. Of course, I'm not going in there acting all, you know, stereotypical and whatever. And I feel like, Regardless of whether it was a stereotype of an angry black woman or whatever, when you are dealing in these sort of situations with an establishment, you have to keep it calm, cool, and collected because the first thing 
regardless, like I said, of whether you fit into a stereotype or not. They are going to try to be like, oh, well, she's just, look at how irate she is. Look at how crazy she's crazy. They're crazy. They love to throw that term. So if you come at it calm, cool, and collected, you come at it with your evidence, you come and lay out everything smooth, you'll have a better chance of rattling their cages because if you come in like, what? Which you have every right to be mad. I was mad, okay? Because of course, when your rights are being violated in your face and in such like whack tactics like this, you're like, well, of course, you're gonna be, get a little tight, get heated, but you've got to find a way to get zen with it, meditate, pray, cast all your cares and worries to your creator and to keep it moving. Like I said, to see the light at the tunnel and to see what power we really have if they're trying so hard to silence. House, house, the hole. That's what we have to take. And so, as I said in the first episode, this makes me even more convinced than I was before that unity is essential. Like, there is no other alternative but to stay unified, but to stay focused, but for us to keep the eye on the prize, which is the the platform for Medicare for All, which is the platform for raising the minimum wage to a living wage, which is the platform to, uh, you know, stop the... Uh, I mean, I could go on so much. We know what the platforms are and what the issues are. And if you don't, you can find them out go online. There's lots of people talking about it at length where you can educate yourself on what the platforms are. But it's basically doing what we can and it is available, what we are seeing with these stimulus bills. If you're not able to read and comprehend everything that's laid out in these thousand page bills, that's okay. But the main crux is that We, this country, even though there's a lot of debt and all this stuff, there's money, okay? And when they don't have, they just print more. They just add more decimals. There is someone who is a high-ranking official in the Treasury, and he was interviewed on 60 Minutes, and he basically told it all to the American people who were willing to listen. He he said, he was like, oh, well, we just add more zeros. We just print more money. That's when, that's what he said when he was asked, well, are we going to run out of funds? He was like, no, we'll just make more, add more decimals. So there is that. If we're giving trillions and trillions and most of that going to big business, again, the stimulus is giving some like piddly little $1,200 check while big business and big companies and big donors, big money, All of that, that's what's getting uh, the funding. The government is supposed to work for the people, for the people. Anyway, so yes, those, that's my outline. (laughs) That is my outline for the next steps on getting this vote back. Because I'm telling you all, part three of this, I'm already predicting. I'm getting this vote back. These people are not writing to me to tell me any nonsense because I'm giving them 
all the evidence. But you have to ask yourself, what if I didn't? What if I didn't have informed delivery and I couldn't provide this document that that was stating or showing the exact envelope and the time and the date? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Not, it is so beautiful. Not only do I have a timestamp from the Gmail that came from USPS Automated, I also have on the scanned image of the envelope from voter from the board of elections it states what's inside the envelope it states that inside is your voter registration card inside this envelope and it states a whole bunch of other stuff written very clearly on the bottom of the envelope and then at the corner it says not only the date but the time Yo, I'm telling you, it goes into time and then it gives seconds, okay? (laughs) Seconds. It went into the seconds. So these people cannot try to say anything. So I am predicting with good faith, using that creative process, that part three will be the victory episode where I read to you excerpts of the email that I get back from either Sugarman's office or some board of election official. I don't care who writes me back or who contacts me back. I just want to be contacted back and to be told that this was an error. We have corrected it. Thank you very much. That's what will happen. (laughs) That's what we're predicting here on the show. And I cannot wait to do it. So until next time, stay aware, stay alert. I don't even want to use this word woke anymore because it's just been made to be gross at this point and like a joke. But just keep yourself aware. I'm telling you, listen to this and go and check your voter registration information and make sure everything is on point. If you live in New York or if you live in a state that hasn't had a primary yet or obviously anybody because the general election is ahead of us. So as that moves forward and don't just check it once or twice, twice, make sure to keep checking it. I mean, you don't have to check it every day, but I would definitely go online, check on it once a month, the further and the closer that the election gets. That's my advice to you all. But like I said, I am really looking forward to report to you all that the vote was given. Actually, I can't even say the vote was given back because, like I said, it's not theirs to take. But they did steal it. But what I'm saying is in episode three, part three of this series will be a joyous celebration of the restoration of my vote that's right so until that time y'all just keep yourself yourself aware. aware